Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hopefully uh, a lot of teams thinking for some good coming up in the offseason. Uh, the additions they have garnered as well as the optimism for the uh, 2020 football season, not just a not just for their own team, but just to be able to play it at this point. Joining us now, the voice, our good buddy, uh, the voice of the Detroit Lions, Dan Miller. You can find him at Dan Miller Fox Two at Dan Miller Fox Two over on Twitter. Dan, how you doing, buddy? I'm good, Bill. How are you? We are well. We are safe, uh, and uh, you know we're just kind of hoping that there is football come the fall, uh, much like uh, I think most football fans at this point in time. So. Uh, when there is football, tell me, what do you think of what the Detroit Lions have done so far this offseason? Well, I think they've tried to fortify that defense, and they've you know, added some pieces. Some pieces have gone, obviously, when you start talking about snacks and Devon Kennard and Darius Slay and brought in guys like Danny Shelton and Nick Williams and drafting Okuda in the first round and bringing in Jamie Collins. So I think they've brought in guys, one, that, that they have some familiarity with, two, that they're hoping – uh, we'll, we'll bring an infusion in particular on that defensive line of, you know, being able to get after the passer a little bit, being a little more effective in stopping the run than they were last year. Uh, very good in the second half of 2018, fell off significantly last year. A lot of that can be attributed to Snacks Harris not playing the way that he did uh, in 2018. So, you know, look, they've moved some pieces around. They've brought in some bodies that, that, you know, theoretically should help and, and bring different dynamics to it, maybe a little more athleticism um, in, say, a Jamie Collins over a Devon Kennard. But, you know, when all is said and done, they got to get out there and they got to play because if you had asked me at the beginning of last year if I would have thought that the Lions defense would have struggled like that, I would have told you no way. I thought coming off the second half of 18 when they were a top-10 defense in the league that they were primed to take a big step. Didn't happen, so... Um, I think you can see what their thought process is in the guys that they've brought in, but the next test will be, as you alluded to, getting back out there, having a chance to play, and then showing what you can do. Yeah, I noticed that uh, when you when you look at their draft choices, I mean, quite a few on the defensive front. Now, they pick up Jonah Jackson, uh, the, who is right now on the depth chart as the right guard for that team. You know, it all starts up front, and it's all starting with the protection of Matthew Stafford and when he comes back. So my assumption is Matthew Stafford is pretty much healthy and feeling good after what happened to him last season with the broken injury, uh, the broken back and the vertebrae. But he should be back this year and really shouldn't have any hindrance, right? No, he said uh, several weeks ago that if camp were starting now or an off-season program were starting now, he'd be 100% go. So um, I think the anticipation is that he'll be ready. Now, look, he's had two back injuries in two years. So, you know, you have some trepidation at that point that, 
you know, that that could be an issue, but uh, at least for right now, he's ready to go. And, and, you know, you brought up some of the draft picks. Look, I think it is about protecting Matthew, but it's also about giving him something to work with. And I think when you look at the fact that they drafted two running backs, two guards, signed to tackle in Vitae and free agency, they want to run the ball. They want to do something that they have not done with any consistency since Barry Sanders left, and that was a long time ago. So I think they're trying to give him the added dimension of being um, uh, just the added dimension of, of being able to turn around and hand the ball to somebody and have something good happen, and that hasn't happened in a long time. So uh, you can see them they, they coming in the last year. They wanted to do that, but it hasn't happened. So they just you know, continue to add pieces to that running attack in hopes that they're going to be able to put it together. Philosophically speaking, I mean, I know Matt Patricia was more of a defensive mind than an offensive mind, but bringing in Daryl Bevel, and Daryl Bevel, has, he comes out of kind of that uh, West Coast style of system. I mean, uh, and now they're trying to run the ball a little bit more. Is this a change for them, or is this just something that, you know, they're kind of morphing what Daryl Bevel's philosophical you know, thought process was when he came in? Well, I think if you go back even the year before Bevel got here, when they traded up in the second round to draft Kerryon Johnson, this is something that they've wanted to do for a while, and it just hasn't worked out. And, you know, Bevel is a guy that is that has run the ball effectively wherever he has been, but he's also been a guy that's been able to, to you know, utilize a, a passing attack off the run. You can look at, you know, when he was in Green Bay and finally got his hands on, on or excuse me, in Minnesota and got his hands on, you know, Brett Favre and was able to add that. You look at the quarterbacks that he had in Minnesota before Favre got there. They were solely dependent on, on Adrian Peterson. Then all of a sudden Favre shows up and I think he had 33 touchdown passes the, the first year they were together. And that thing really took off. He wants to throw the ball, but it, he wants to be able to balance it with the run and utilize the run to make the pass more effective in play action. And if you look at Matthew's numbers over the years, uh, in play action, he's very effective. So I, I think it is part of his makeup and what he does, but it is nothing new for the organization to try to get that thing going. They've been trying for a long, long time through a lot of different coordinators and running backs and even head coaches to get that running game going, and, and it just hasn't happened. And if you look at the numbers where they've stood in the league, um, since Matthew Stafford arrived, you know, they've been in the top half of the league maybe once, uh, I think, when you had um, Reggie Bush here. Other than that, uh, they have been high teens, 20s, low 20s, um, high 20s. So it, it is really something that has been missing from this attack. And that hasn't been because they just wanted to put the ball in Matthew St- Stafford's arms and just arm and say sling it. It's, it's because they couldn't run the ball they just physically couldn't do it consistently do they have enough up front now i guess is the next uh, question do you believe they have enough up front with what they've done because they got uh, taylor decker which is a first round draft choice frank Ragnow, which is a first round draft choice they went out and got uh, what is it Vi- vitae and then, uh, abushi yep, i mean they got those two well, guys Vi- as well vitae I mean, is vitae is considered a better better a run blocker than he is a pass blocker. So I think right. their, their hope is that he's going to be, that that will be um, uh, an ability for them to get it going. Both those guards they drafted, um, look, I'm not a scout, but you look at what's written about these guys. They're both mean, nasty. Uh, they're, they're 
capable of blocking for the run, and that's what I think they're looking for is just to add some attitude up there. And um, they've got Ragnow in the middle of that line now. So I think they feel with Vitae, with, with Ragnow, with Decker, uh, with some combination of these rookie guards or Ibushi or Dahl, um, or Benchwall, who's, I think, going to get a chance to get in there and compete as well this year, they're going to find the two best guys that are going to give them the, the best options at right and left guard, and I think that competition is wide open. So the answer to your question is, on paper, I think they believe they're getting there, um, but you got to prove it on the field, and I think that's, the, that's kind of the mode they're in right now. Talking with Dan Miller, the voice of the Detroit Lions, joining us on the Schneider Orange Hotline. Tell me about T.J. Hawkinson, his first year last year, the first-round draft choice for them, a guy they really hoped would turn into be that, uh, that, that touchdown weapon. He's got a little bit of blocking ability, but also more of a receiver than anything. How do you think he's going to play in all of this? Well, I think he's got to take that next step that, that players do in their second year. I mean, you know, coaches often say the biggest – step a player can take is from that first to second year because they get it, they figure it out, and all of a sudden they feel comfortable. The game slows down for him a little bit. His, you know, coach said to me once about a player, and it's a great saying, he looked suspiciously like a rookie last year, and that's what he was, and he struggled, and he got hurt, and he was done after that. So um, I think he'll come back healthy. I don't think there's any reason to think he's any less the player than they hoped he was when they drafted him a couple years ago. Uh, he's got great hands. He can block. He can run after the catch. Um, he knows how to, you know, get open, utilize his body. Um, there's a lot to like about him. But, again, it's, it's, it's all theory. He's got to go out there and do it on the field. But I will say there's no reason or anything that I saw to lead me to believe that that's not going to happen. I think he's a really talented guy. I just think if you look historically, you can say it about a lot of positions, but tight end is one of them. I think if you look historically at tight end, it takes them a little while to find their footing in the NFL, and I think you saw that that going on with him last year. How much pressure is there on Matt Patricia this year? Every, I mean, every year you read hot seat, hot seat, hot seat, and you know Matt's there. He's he's been you know given the vote of confidence by the ownership. Uh, they have talked a, a lot of high things about him, but we only we know that only lasts so long. Yeah, I think that that vote of confidence though came with a a, a you better as well because they said basically uh and it, it was you know a little bit unclear what exactly it meant but it said that the team had to be in playoff contention in this coming december if they want to keep the job so um yeah i think management kept him they're behind him but i think he's under i think he and bob quinn both are under a tremendous amount of pressure to win this year and to be relevant this year and to not be you know out of the chase when december rolls around and you go into the final four or five games of the season. So uh, he's, he's, you know, he's not somebody, I think, at this point that it can endure a 4-12 and or 5-11 and season and say we're building this thing the right way. Uh, I think those first two years kind of uh, burned out any equity he had, and now it's going to be about, you know, what can you do in, in terms of wins and losses. You've had a chance to put this thing together. Now do it. Now look. If Matthew Stafford gets hurt and everything falls apart, then it becomes a different conversation. But but given, you know, just your your little bit of luck in, in the injury world, uh, I think the expectations are he needs to win or else I don't think there's any guarantees about his job status. 
In the NFC North, who right now do you believe to be the favorite? I know that Minnesota, obviously, they, they get rid of Stephon Diggs, but they go right out and they fill that bill with a, another rookie wide receiver that they believe is going to be good. They they tried to bolster that defense as decaying a little bit. Nick Foles is now in the fold down there in, in Chicago, and they're grabbing any old wide receiver they can possibly find right now to be, to be a weapon down there. Who do you see as uh, the team to beat in the NFC? Yeah, I think there's a lot of questions in this division right now. I, th- I think Minnesota's the team to beat. Um, I just think, you know, they did lose a lot off that defense. We'll see whether or not Everson uh, Griffin actually leaves. But I-, I think, you know, they they lost a couple guys in the secondary, a couple guys up front. You mentioned it. Um, they-, they did have some age issues, so some of that could have come into play with the guys that they let go. But they've got some really good people to replace um, that I, I think bears watching there. But I think when you, when you look at it, um, to me, they seem probably like the most complete team right now. You know, I'm, I'm anxious to see what Green Bay can do um, in terms of, of bringing that offense back and putting it together. I know there's been a lot of focus on what they didn't do in terms of adding weapons for, for Rodgers, but I think those two teams are at the top now and, and everybody else kind of has to prove it um bears came kind of crashing down last year we'll see what they can do they're obviously as you alluded to unsettled at quarterback and the lions are coming off a three-win season so nobody's going to hand you anything you're going to have to go out there and, and figure it out so i could it's, it's those two teams up top and then i think after that it becomes you know this league is built on teams that turn things around quickly you know it's it's not ridiculous to think that you go from three, four, five wins to being in contention the next year. And I think Chicago is a team that might be able to do that if they can settle things back behind center. And I think Detroit is a team that um, I didn't think they were anywhere near as bad as as what it looked like last year. And I think a lot of that had to do with Stafford. That's not to say you flip a switch and they're going to be, you know, 11 and five or something like that. But I certainly don't think this is a three win team given some luck at quarterback and a little bit of health. I think they can, you know, doesn't take much to improve on what they did defensively last year. They can step things up significantly from there. So um, it's a long way of saying I like Minnesota and Green Bay right now where they are at the top. I think those are the teams that you have to give the respect of saying they're the ones to beat as we sit here now. And then I think I, I wouldn't put, you know, either Chicago or Detroit in the category of saying they got no shot. I think both of them, you know, have a shot to go out there and prove that they can have a big rebound season. Dan, always a pleasure. Stay safe, and hopefully uh, when they release the schedule on Thursday night, we all circle our calendar and we don't have to adjust our schedule in any way, shape, or form that we're all back come fall, okay? Amen. Look forward to that. Thank you, Bill. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Appreciate you too, Dan. Talk to you later. There you go. Dan Miller, the voice of the Detroit Lions, joining us for a couple of minutes on the Schneider Orange Hotline. Schneider hiring drivers right now. They're looking for good people, and there's a lot of good people out of work right now. So if you're looking for a place to work, a great job, some training, that is our friends at Schneider. Go Schneider, 844-PRIDE or schneiderjobs.com, 844-PRIDE, or go to schneiderjobs.com. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. 
Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 